pray. Father God, we are so grateful to come before you this morning, Lord. We're thankful, thankful, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray, Lord, that uh, you would uh, allow me to uh, humbly be your servant, Lord, that you would speak your, your truth, Lord, through me this morning, that these words, Lord, would penetrate our hearts, Lord, and make a difference in our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, worship team. It is a pleasure to serve uh, in our church and, and be part of a worship team that uh, uh, has not only talent but loves the Lord and loves to uh, declare uh, the glory of God. Um, and Josh being able to step up when uh, Evan's away and I get to come again uh, as a ser- in this series to uh, step up as, uh, as an elder and uh, give a chance to, uh, for me to uh, speak uh, what the Lord has um, this morning. So it's, it's a blessing to have a church that has some great teachers, and it's uh, difficult to follow in some of their footsteps. Um, certainly uh, my fellow elders have done a fabulous job, so um, have grace upon me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I, today um, we're going to continue, obviously, in this, uh, the theme of the Summer of Love, and um, I want to start a little bit with um, um, my background. I don't know how, much, how many of you know me. I know, I know a lot of you, but not everybody. So I'm a power system engineer. Um, Dave Brown's an engineer, a control system engineer. So we, we're, we, we uh, can talk about shop a little bit from time to time. In fact, I'm going I'm to use some uh, uh, analogies that uh, he and I can relate to quite well. And some of you will too. Um, I'm also a uh, executive at a uh, large uh, software company. So that allows, and, and I actually get uh, the software that I am involved in is, is for power systems. So I've spent 20 years working in for uh, electric uh, utilities, doing uh, transmission planning, distribution planning, all those kind of good things. And uh, now I'm a, uh, like I said, an executive for a software company, and I have responsibility worldwide. So that allows me to do a lot of traveling, and I get to experience a lot of different cultures, and um, so I'm going to share some of those experiences because it relates uh, a lot to what we're going to be talking about today. Um, and as part of that, uh, God has allowed, allowed me to uh, visit some, uh, some friends. I'm going to have Dave come up, Dave Col- uh, Colburn come up in just a minute. Um, but I want, before we do that, I want to share a little bit about uh, 1 John uh, chapter 4. There's a little preface here. Um, that we want to kind of get some background before we go deeper into uh, the love, the love of God, and the love uh, that that uh, of God in us, and our ability uh, to love our brother. So first of all, we need to look at. Uh, um, go, go ahead and go to the next uh, slide, Caleb. Thanks. Um, about what, who who John is writing to. First uh, John uh, chapter four is our text uh, this morning. And we're going to read that in a minute, but I want to give you just a, a quick preface here. John, John is um, pretty mature in age now, and he's uh, uh, had, has written um, a number of, uh, well, he, he wrote the epistle, and now he's uh, writing a, um, a number of letters, um, wrote, uh, wrote the gospel and, and, and these letters. And he's writing to a mature Asian church, but there's a problem in this church. It's infiltrated by some false teaching. And so Paul is, or John has given us a number of tests to try to understand who is of God and who is of, of, 
of the evil one or who, who is not of God. Um, and so if we look at these, these tests uh, that are in, that are in, um, in, in John, 1 John, uh, the first one is this doctrinal test. And uh, that covers the b- belief in Jesus. Do they believe in Jesus? So that's test number one. And that's in the uh, early part of the chapter. And then the second test is this lifestyle test. Uh, do they demonstrate obedience? Do they obey God? Uh, and that's in uh, other parts of uh, 1, John, uh, 1 John chapter 2, 1 John um, 3. And then uh, today's text is, is this social test, which, which is about um, do they love one another? Do they love their brother? Do they love others? And so we're, we're going to continue um, in this, in this, um, in this series on, on love, and I get to build upon what um, my other brothers have been sharing uh, through that. The key verse in this is 1 John chapter 4, verse 21, and the commandment is this, that we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. Uh, and and just, uh, just, just by way of uh, definition, love, is that agape love that um, uh, Bob Papka talked about last, last week? But it's a sacrificial love. It's it's giving of yourself for another. It's it's uh, self uh, denying yourself for the sake of another. And then our uh, the definition of brother here, it could be either uh, uh, another believer, those those who who love God, who are part of the church, or it could be uh, mankind. It could be um, uh, God, part of, part of God's God's creation. Our uh, our brothers of. Uh, uh, other other uh, human beings, um, I think for the most part he 's talking about our our brothers in the church, but it could also be others and we 're going to talk about both, so the context works for both and um, so with that, I want to invite Dave Colburn to come up and he 's going to actually read our text uh, before we start talking about it and because this applies very well to what we 're talking about and and I mentioned I get to travel uh, quite a bit in my in my work, in my job, and one of the places I've been able to go is United Arab Emirates. Dave uh, just spent, was it two years, three years, two years in uh, United Arab Emirates. He was a teacher there, and I was uh, very impressed by um, the church that he was attending and serving in, actively serving in, and I wanted him to share about kind of the origins of of that church and um, some of the the missionary uh, work that, that kind of led to that church. Uh, because it's a perfect example of, of God's love. So, Dave? I think you just did it. All right. Sorry. Can you guys hear me now? Sweet. Okay. So, uh, like Brad said, uh, me and my family, we have four kids, uh, and I took them all over to the United Arab Emirates, and my job was to teach uh, local kids, Arabic kids, in English, math, and science, and I don't speak any Arabic. (laughs) So that had its own uh, set of challenges. we prepared ourselves to go over there in many ways. One of those ways was to uh, look online and see what churches were there 
in the United Arab Emirates. And specifically in, in the, the place where we were going, the, the city's name was Al Ain. And in, Abu, uh, in, in the United Arab Emirates, there's three major cities, and they kind of form a triangle. So uh, uh, up north and, and, and to the uh, uh, kind of the middle a little more is the city of Abu Dhabi. And a lot of people have heard that city before, right? Anybody heard of the city of Abu Dhabi? Okay. <laughs> and then there's uh, to the left, and it's still kind of north, right on the coast, there's another city, and it's called Dubai. Anybody heard of Dubai? Okay, Dubai boasts of having the world's tallest building. It's over half a mile high, right? So that's a very big city. Then you've got this little tiny, uh, not as well known, there's less than 500,000 people that live in this other place, and it's called the city of Alain. Anybody heard of Alain before? Okay, <laughs> three, four. All right, uh, so that's where we were, all right? Um, and uh, in, this, in this small city of Alain, there's a hospital there, and it's called the Oasis Hospital. And uh, there's a church that meets on the campus of the hospital. And it's a pretty amazing place, and, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. Uh, but uh, to, to give you a background of how this started, um, you have to go back to November of 1960. And uh, there was the, the, the rulers there in the United Arab Emirates are called sheikhs, right? They're not kings, they're not presidents. They're sheikhs, not sheiks, <laughs> sheikhs, okay? Uh, so just think of like a chocolate shake. <laughs> uh, and uh, the name of, of the sheikh at the time, his name was Sheikh Zayed. And he had a big problem. He had a declining population rate, right? Can you think about that for a second? You have a declining population rate. That means that every year you have less and less people in your population count. So some of the reasons for this, the major reason was that they had a high infant mortality rate. 50% of the babies were dying in childbirth or in, in, in whatever, you know, it, it could have been SIDS, it could have been a number of things, uh, but they had a high infant mortality rate. Uh, maternal uh, uh, mortality rate was at 35%. So you had uh, women giving birth and dying in birth, 35% of the women, that's like a third, right? Uh, other other uh, problems they were having, uh, people were dying of Malaria, people were dying of tuberculosis. Uh, they also had uh, various intestinal infections. So all these were contributing to this uh, declining population rate. So Sheikh Zayed, uh, he got together with his brothers, the other sheikhs, and he said, we've got to do something about this. What do you think we should do? So they talked about it, and they did some research, and they heard of a name, uh, a guy, and his name was Dr. Pat Kennedy, and his wife is also a doctor, and her name was Dr. Uh, Marion Kennedy. So he said, hey, we need you guys to come and help us with this declining population rate. And particularly, if you can work on our infant mortality rate, uh, that's the best place to start. So Dr. Pat and Marion Kennedy came to the United Arab Emirates. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm messing that name up. United Arab Emirates, all right? Okay. Uh, they came in November 1960, and they got right to work, but they said, okay, we'll come, but we, we need to have a staff to come with us. We need to have a facility, a tent or something. They started in a tent, actually. Uh, we need to be able to bring uh, some tools with us, and we also would like to kindly request and respectfully request, we understand that you're a Muslim nation, but uh, can we practice our Christian religion while we're there? And uh, Sheikh said, 
no problem. Whatever you need, we will provide. Whatever wh whatever uh, accommodation you you need, that's fine. If you want to practice Christianity, that's that's fine with us too. Just don't proselytize. You guys know what proselytizing is. <laughs> that's whenever you go up to someone and say, "You need to know Jesus," and here's how, and you give them a tract. That's one example, right? Mm -hmm. So leading someone to Christ in that way, where you're you're making an effort and you're taking the first step to talk to them about Jesus, that's proselytizing. And in the United Arab Emirates, that is against the law, so you can't do that. So they said, no, you can't do that, but if you want to practice your Christian belief and meet on, on they meet on Friday instead of Sunday, because that's their holy day. Meet on Friday, uh, we'll, you know, if you want to meet there at the hospital, that's fine, you can do that. So they started doing that. And as they uh, continued to meet and continued uh, to work with the population, uh, they were seeing God bless them in their efforts, and the the uh, declining population rate actually dropped, and they were seeing success in their efforts of uh, lowering the infant mortality rate. Uh, they got uh, medical care for uh, many people. As a matter of fact, uh, the birthing center there at uh, Oasis Hospital is now uh, a major landmark, and the current sheikh uh, was actually birthed at Allen, uh, or, I'm sorry, Oasis, Oasis Hospital. Hospital. And so uh, they're, they're very grateful for the work that Dr. Kennedy and his wife have started. And as a matter of fact, uh, the Sheikh often says and refers to whenever uh, the Dr. Pat and Marion have, have actually passed away, uh, but their, their, uh, their, their daughter comes and visits on occasion, and whenever they come, they make a big deal about it. And they also are always uh, saying, you know, if it wasn't for the work that your mom and dad has started, I wouldn't be here today. So they're very appreciative of that. Um, today, 29 churches, uh, church bodies, meet on the Oasis uh, compound uh, place, right? Uh, so you've got Sri Lankan churches. Uh, we were part of the Allen Evangelical Church, an English-speaking church. There's an Anglican church that meets there. There are several Indian-speaking churches because, you know, India has got, like, like a hundred different dialects, you know, a hundred different languages. So you've got all these churches meeting. Uh, Nepalese church meets there. There's uh, several Filipino churches that meet there. Uh, there is a South African church that meets there. There's a Pakistani church that, that meets there. Um, so uh, that just is, is proof of the blessings that God has provided uh, at, just, just from the, the willing heart of, of Dr. Pat and Marion Kennedy. And if I could, um, actually Brad has asked me to read First uh, John 4, 7 through 11. And if I could ask you to stand while I read that. And, and if you're following with me in one of the Pew Bibles, it's on page 863. But I will, uh, I'll read that, and if you could follow along with me. Um, we'll start here. First John 4, 7 through 11 starts. Dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Um, this is love, that we loved God, but that he loved I'm sorry, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son 
as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Sorry, I got choked up there. Okay, you can be seated. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. So, as you can tell, the power of love can penetrate the hearts of rulers and nations and turn the hearts of nations to allow uh, Christianity in a very conservative Muslim nation. Um, you know, no, no, nowhere else can that be done without the, without the power of God. If you go in there and, and start trying to win people to, uh, to Christ, you get, you get thrown out of, the, out of the country, thrown in jail, all those kind of things. But going in there with a heart of love and demonstrating the heart of love uh, change the hearts of the, of the rulers of United Arab Emirates to the point where they embrace uh, a Christian culture that's, that has loved a nation. So I wanted, I wanted Dave to share that, and I really appreciate that, Dave. And I know, um, uh, I know how that is uh, such a great uh, testimony. And I know when you shared with, uh, with me the first time, it was like I was, I was uh, equally moved by, um, by how the Spirit can, can, uh, can work in the hearts of, uh, of others. All right, uh, so today we're going to talk about, um, we're going we're gonna to break this chapter apart a little bit, these verses apart. Uh, there's uh, four, four, four points we want to we wanna break apart and uh, dive in a little deeper. The first one is uh, knowing God uh, through love, and that's verses 7 through 11. We're going to uh, jump into that in just a minute. Uh, then we're going to look at seeing God through love. How do we see God through love? And then, um, and then the, the consummation of God's love or the perfection the completion of God's love in verses uh, 17 through 19. And then finally, obedience. Uh, how we are called to obedience uh, by faith to love one another. And then we're just going to uh, spend a little bit of time trying to uh, understand what does this mean to us? What does this mean to me as a believer in, in a Christian church? What does this mean to me as far as loving one another? Uh, okay, so let's, let's, let's get into this. Uh, the, uh, verses 7 uh, through 11. Um, go ahead Caleb to the next one thank you Um, beloved let us love one another for love is of God and everyone that loves is born of God Uh, obviously this has been the theme of our of our summer Bob Bob Papka broke this apart uh, for us last week to get a better understanding but uh, we want to just make it clear that this is we are talking about a characterization we are talking about a lifestyle uh, that we choose to live daily uh, in love, in love for one another. Um, it, it's what we are uh, recognized as, as believers. Um, and, and again, this is the essence of that social test that John was identifying. How do we know who's of God? This is how we know. We can see the demonstration of love in their life. Um, uh, love is never a one and done or an ongoing... Um, it's, it's a long, ongoing life cycle. It's not... It's not a checklist to say, okay, I need to go do this because uh, God says I need to do that, so I'm going to go check that off my list. It's not, a, oh, I, was, I, was, uh, I love this person today, so I'm done for now. Uh, obviously, that doesn't work either. This is a lifestyle. This is who we are characterized as. This is who, how we are known uh, by others in our community, our neighbors. Um, you know, you, you can think of it like, um, you know, your doctor may say uh, you need... Uh, uh, diet and exercise. 
You need to be characterized by diet and exercise. It needs to be part of your life. Uh, for me, if I'm training for uh, a triathlon, I, I have to have a, a training mode. I have to uh, be, be on top of it, otherwise I won't be able to compete. Um, so this is, this is the way we are, we, are, we are made as Christians. This is our, our characteristics that God has put inside of us through his, uh, through his spirit. And we're going to uh, go a little bit deeper into this now. Um, also, the love of God is, is not uh, human uh, philanthropy or pity or emotion. Uh, the love of God is a purposeful action. It's active. It is, um, uh, for example, God sending his son. God sent his son on our behalf. Uh, sacrifice of his son on our behalf is active. It's, it's, in, it's uh, an action that's ongoing. Um, Everyone who loves God is born of God and knows God. The term uh, know has to do with uh, fellowship, intimate fellowship, knowing God um, much more than just um, head knowledge. It's more than just understanding what his word says. Um, In the the New Testament, there was uh, Greek philosophers and uh, the Hebrews. The Hebrew philosophers were the ones that actually demonstrated uh, the knowledge, as opposed to the Greeks, were all head knowledge. Um, so that, so that, so that's a difference. Is um, it's it's not only that we know God uh, through His Word and through uh, fellowship, but we demonstrate the love of God uh, in in the same way. Um, just like like the, the Kennedys in the United in United Arab Emirates is a perfect example of because of their love of God, they poured out their heart for a nation that was having. Uh, these declining birth rates. The nation was about to fall apart. That was actually before they discovered all the oil. Uh, So so, um, uh, a a believer came in there and uh, uh, poured out his heart for another. And it's kind of like the Joseph story, right? Because uh, Joseph was sold into slavery, yet the king or the the ruler of of Egypt um, um, had... Uh, drew him in because of the wisdom that God has given him and, and made him uh, a key impact on the, on the future of the nation of Israel. All right, uh, moving on, verse 8. Uh, the one who does not love God uh, does not know God, for, for, love, uh, for God is love. Um, again, the life, this is the lifestyle test. The true test of knowing God is love. Um, this is more than saying, I love God. This is the demonstration of God's love in us. Um, the, um, John explains this in the gospel in, uh, in John 15, uh, 12 through 13. Um, and I think Bob Papka might have used this last week. I, I, I can't remember. But anyway, um, the verse says, My commandment is this, to love one another just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, the one that laid down his life for a friend. You are my friends, and you do what I command you. Um, so the, the ultimate demonstration of love is when we can sacrifice our own desires, our own needs, for that of another. In the same way, Jesus came as a, a, um, from the love of God, came and sacrificed himself uh, that we might have a relationship with him. Um, okay, verse 9. It says, By this the love of God was manifest in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. 
So clearly, uh, God has shown that he loves us by sending his son to die in our place. Love is the action that we talked about earlier. Love is not just the knowledge that God came, that Jesus came in, into the world, but it was the action. Uh, and, and believers emulate that in their lives. That, that's, what, that's what we're talking about here is how do we emulate that type of love uh, in our life. Uh, to know God is, uh, is to love as God loves. Um, and then, uh, uh, and then the, last, the last part of that verse says, uh, so that we might live through him. Okay, so this, this implies uh, a faith response, that a faith response is necessary, that we might live through him. The purpose of the uh, incarnation of eternal life and abundant life, um, it's, it's much bigger than our ticket into heaven. This is our relationship with, with God Almighty. This, this is how uh, we demonstrate our love for him, is uh, our love for one another. Verse 10, we look at, uh, in this love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son for the propitiation of our sins. This is the gospel. This is the ultimate love story, the gospel of Christ. Um, in this love, God clearly demonstrates that um, the life and death of Jesus uh, allow, to know Jesus and to know God. Um, to know God is to love. And, and so we're, we're uh, moving into, because of Jesus, we are allowed to know God uh, because, because God is love. And Christianity is unique amongst all the world religions, uh, all the other world religions, and, I've, and, I, and, and, and it's part of the culture. You, you can see that when you travel. I've seen that when I tra- travel. Uh, and the difference is most religions, uh, other than Christianity, is man seeking God or seeking um, this higher form, whereas Christianity is God seeking man uh, that... Um, the wonderful truth is not our love for God, but God's love for us. Uh, he sought us through our sin uh, and our rebellion and our pride. And the glorious truth of Christianity is that God loves a fallen mankind. We were separated. We were born into sin, yet God seeked us out. God desired, because of his love for us, sought, sought us out to um, have a relationship with us. And if you've been in um, other countries, you, you can, you can kind of sense this in, in various cultures. They don't have the sense of others. They don't have a sense of the preciousness of others the same way that you would see typically in the U.S. Now, that, that, those, those, those uh, traits, admirable traits, seem to be changing a bit, uh, which is sad. But if you go into other cultures, you, you really see the difference. Like, for example, um, I've been in India, and... Um, India is very crowded, lots, lots of people. So if you want to get on a train in India, the only way you're going to get on is if you push your way to the front and try to get on there before the doors close. And by the way, it's already pretty packed. Um, so you remember uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Prakash, uh, who came to uh, speak uh, a while back from India. I got him on the train in, uh, in Vancouver, and I was kind of amazed by... He had that Indian mindset. If I'm going to get on the train, I need to run up ahead. And I said, oh, no, there's plenty of room. Let's just take our time. we got plenty of time. And he just jetted right up there because he wanted to make sure he got a seat. And that's, that's part of the culture, right? That, that's, that's, that's what you got to do in order to, in order to get on. I've seen that um, 
on, on an airplane I was on uh, in China, an in, inter, uh, I went from uh, uh, Beijing to Shanghai on a, just a little uh, small, small plane. Um, and as soon as the plane stops, everybody gets off and tries to bolt to the front. Uh, you know, typically, if, if you travel here in the U.S., the, the, the uh, custom is you let those in front get off, and then you get off orderly, and that's, that's, all, that's not the way it is in China. <laughs> and and, and, I'm, and uh, when I go to China, I'm, I'm pretty big. I'm a big guy for the Chinese. Called, uh, and so I, I immediately just got in the middle of the lane and, and stood like this, the middle of the aisle, and all these people are, like, pushing me, <laughs> you know, trying to get through, and it's like, oh, these people need to get off. And, and finally, I turned around and said, I'm not moving. <laughs> I have no place to go. <laughs> so, um, uh, and then the other, the other place where I, 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 I saw the same type of uh, um, experience was when I was in Russia, where they still have, you know, some of the communist culture where uh, you've got to go through all of these queues, these long lines. Uh, I literally went through uh, in... Um, uh, Stalingrad Airport, uh, which is um, St. Petersburg, but they still call it Stalingrad. Um, they uh, literally went through, I think I counted seven different lines I had to go through to work my way to the where I actually got on the airplane. Um, so nobody there had a, had a sense of preciousness for others, or, or certainly nobody, uh, nobody's time, because time, they don't care about any of that. Uh, it's like you have to just follow the process. One, one, one at a time, we've got to We've got to go through these procedures. So, um, so those are just examples of a culture that you know really hasn't considered the preciousness of others. Uh, so we're going to talk some more about that when we get into ap- application. All right, um, let us uh, go on here to the next. Uh, so let me let me just uh, summarize this part by. Um, so how do we know God uh, through love? It's um, God is love, and love is from God. Okay, so we, we've we've kind of we've kind of seen this in in these uh, in this in these passages. Uh, God, we know God has created us in His image, and uh, Bob Papka talked about that last week as well. That uh, because we are of God, uh, we we are created in His image, um, and God loves us, and He created uh, and He gave Himself for us. Therefore. Love is the uh, love of others is the natural outpouring of God in us. It's who we are as, as believers in Christ. We demonstrate that through the love of others. Um, so that that's basically the the summary of that first part. Let, let's go on to this next section where we see uh, where we can how do we see God through love? Um, all right, verse uh, in verse two, uh, verse twelve. Sorry, no one has seen God at any time. Uh, if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. Uh, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent us to um, the Son and the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know uh, and have believed the love of God which God has for us, God is love, and the one who abides in us abides in God, and God abides in him. All right, so it's kind of interesting that this starts off with uh, no one has seen God. Uh, so that, that's kind of an interesting way to start this. Uh, because we, we, we know we've seen God uh, 
at that point, uh, Jesus had been on earth, and, and, uh, and John certainly have, has seen God uh, through Christ. Uh, but he's, he's, uh, John is trying to get us to recognize that it's the indwelling of the Spirit uh, of Jesus and God that abides in us, and that uh, the incarnation of, of, of God uh, through Jesus that abides in us is, is, is the point here. How could, we, how could, how could uh, others see uh, God in us? Um, and in particularly, how, how do we um, recognize that the Spirit lives within us um, and, and that, that he abides in us and that others can see that? Uh, and, and, it's, and it's about the missional church. It's about living out the likeness of God towards others. Uh, because we know God, we represent him through our life and through our love that we have for others. Uh, the love is perfected in us, and loving Christians are the evidence of the abiding, perfected love of God. These next two verses, 13 and 14, it, it's great because they uh, identify the role of the Trinity in our, in our lives. Uh, the Spirit that indwells in us, uh, the Father who sent the Son, and the Son who saved us, the Savior of the world, uh, so uh, we see the, the uh, roles and the relationship of the Trinity, um, not only as part of the, uh, God's, God's greater uh, plan for, for this world, but also in our, in our lives. Okay, so in, uh, in verse 15, the last, the last part, we see that uh, God abides in him and he in God. This reflects the, uh, the covenant structure of God's relationship with humankind. Uh, God takes away, uh, the, the, uh, or God takes the initiative, he sets the agenda, uh, and he provides the basis for the covenant. And then our response is we have a responsibility, and a responsibility to initially respond, but then to continue to respond in obedience and in love. Okay, and then this uh, in verse 16, it, it uh, uh, talks about abiding as a covenant. It's a requirement. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful promise. Uh, the creator of the universe, the holy God of Israel, desires to indwell in us a fallen human, uh, um, desires to draw us to him. So from this, we can look at uh, this, this, uh, this summary of how do we see God through love? We see God as, in Christ as our Savior. We see uh, God in the lives. Uh, see, uh, we see uh, that God lives in us, and he has given us his spirit. His spirit allows us to uh, transform our lives, uh, transform our sin nature into uh, a, a, a godly focus, and in, in particular, to an outward focus of, uh, of others. The love for others is a natural outpouring of God in us, and others are to see God in us as we love others. Um, and and we'll, we can go back to those examples that uh, we've already talked about, we'll get, we'll get into uh, at the end here too, is um, that we are a reflection of God's love. Others, that, that is our biggest testimony and our biggest evangelical uh, opportunity is how we demonstrate the love of God in our lives. All right, the next, next section. 
17 through 19, and I need to start moving along here. Uh, the accumulation or the completion of God's love. Um, it says, by this love is perfected in us that we have confidence in the day of judgment um, because he is all, he, because as he is, so we are in the world. Uh, so this love is perfected. That implies a fullness. It implies maturity, uh, completion, um, it does not imply sinlessness. It, it does not say that we're, we're without sin. Uh, it, does, it does imply that um, we are forgiven and that we have a, uh, a helper through the Spirit. So that we can have confidence uh, and boldness approaching the Holy God. Where does this confidence come from? Uh, we know it comes from God's Word. Um, it's His covenant. And it also comes from the validation of God's work in us. Uh, the growing love in us gives us that confidence uh, so, so that there is no fear in love, but perfect, uh, perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is uh, not a perfected love. Therefore, we can have confidence in the day of judgment. Um, if we look at uh, Matthew 25, 35 through 40, I think I have it up here. Um, this is uh, an example of that where um, Jesus is talking to, um, in, in, the gospel, in the Gospel of Matthew, he's, he, he's talking, um, in fact, let me just pull it up here. So he's talking about uh, the judgment of the Gentiles. And it says, um, when the king uh, will say to those on my right hand, come, you be blessed by my, because of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation, uh, since the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer to him, Lord, when did we uh, see you hungry and, and feed you? Or thirsty and gave you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and, and come to you? And the king will answer and say, Assuredly, I say to you, insomuch as you did this to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Pretty clear. This is, this is uh, at, at uh, uh, judgment of the Gentiles. Um, and... Uh, Jesus basically is saying, as you did this to the least of these, as you've done this to the others, as you have um, loved others, you've loved me. All right, and uh, obedience. This is the, uh, the uh, con concluding part of the text. Um, the heart, um, or um, verses uh, 20 and, uh, and uh, 21. Oh, wait a minute, I'm on the wrong page. The consummation, oh yeah, not this one. Obedience by faith, that's right. Um, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has sent cannot love God whom uh, he has not seen. And this is the commandment that we have from him that the one who loves God should also love his brother. All right, so... 
John, John is making it clear here that the, the heart of man is selfish. It's our sin nature. We, we, we've, already got, we've already understood that, that uh, it's our sin nature that caused us, uh, that, that has, has made us, uh, we are fallen because of sin nature, and we require a Savior to reconnect that relationship with God. Um, and the heart of God is a sacrificial love. Um, if someone says, I hate my brother, um, the li- our lifestyle uh, clearly is a, in conflict um, because a lifestyle of love clearly re- reveals whether we're Christians or not. Although con- conflict is possible, um, but settled hatred is not. So you can be angry. This doesn't say anything about being angry, by the way. And um, actually, um, we, uh, we see later that, that uh, it's okay to be angry just not for a time. Uh, don't sin. Don't, don't allow your anger to cause sin. And so if you have issues with your brother, there's actually some structure on how to deal with that. If, if you are angry with your brother, if you have issues with your brother, uh, Matthew 18 is, uh, is kind of the step-by-step process of how, how do I deal with a brother who has offended me, somebody, somebody in the church who has offended me, or uh, there's sin in the church. How do we deal with that? And, and, and it's not... Uh, posted on the prayer chain, pray for uh, so-and-so because he's offended me, right? It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, you go to your brother. You go to your brother and, and you say, can we talk about this? Um, I feel hurt. Um, um, how, can we, how can we resolve this? How can we restore um, our, our relationship? Um, all right. Um, and then the... Um, the last verse there, and this is kind of the key verse of the whole chapter, and this is the commandment that we have from him, that um, the one who loves God should also love his brother. So it kind of summarizes the, the chapter. Evidence, love is the evidence of a true believer. Hate is the evidence of a child of the evil one. Um, by the way, did you notice that this is a command from him? This is the command from him. Uh, uh, and when we see commands that are directly given to us, it's a good idea to follow them, right? Uh, those we see all throughout the Old Testament of the results of uh, people who don't follow the commands, uh, and, and God eventually turns them back because of their love. But they experience a lot of uh, difficulty along the way. Um, so that's that's uh, point point taken there. Um, that this is a command from the Lord, and it's best to obey. Okay, so our demonstration of love for others is our testimony, and I, and I mentioned that already. This is a you know, evangelism 101. Uh, before you say a word to somebody, do you demonstrate uh, love for that person? Do you demonstrate love out of your heart for, for each other? That gives you the opportunity or the right to share the love of God uh, in words. Um, love, of the, love of the heart is a sacrificial love, uh, and uh, evangelism starts with our demonstration of love for our brother. All right, so... Uh, in the next uh, little bit here, I want to talk about how do we make this very practical? What does this mean to me? Uh, and, I, and I think we've already made this clear. Is this, this starts with the heart. Um, this is, this is not, a, not a duty. This is not a checklist that we've talked about before. It's, okay, I went to church today. Check that off. That was my Christian duty. God loves me now. Uh, obviously, that's not what we're talking about. This is, this is your ongoing lifestyle. This is... Uh, uh, starting with a relationship with Christ. It, it's spending time with him and his word. It's worshiping him. It's knowing who he is and allowing God and his spirit to work through you to demonstrate that love for others. 
Uh, this is a marathon. So this is another thing I have a little bit of experience with. I've done seven marathons. Uh, and um, one thing I've known is it's not a sprint. Uh, a, a sprint, obviously, we just saw the Olympics of fabulous sprinters, new records, all that kind of stuff. But uh, if you're doing a marathon, uh, you don't go all out uh, the first uh, 100 yards because that's it. Um, so th that, that's the point. This is a lifestyle. This is a long-term uh, proposition here. Um, Bob Papka also mentioned last week about uh, the young mothers caring for their infant. Caring for uh, an infant is exhausting. It's, it's messy. It's hard. It's... Uh, but you do it out of love. You love that, you love that baby. You love, uh, you know, that life that God has given you. Um, and it's the same way, it's the same way in our, as we love others. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's what God has put in our heart. And sometimes it's exhausting. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's difficult. Um, so more, more of that in a minute. Um, point two here is uh, perfect us at home. God has given us uh, a home, a marriage uh, from, for uh, many of us, where he's actually said, your marriage is an illustration of Christ and the church. So how you relate in your marriage is an illustration, a reflection of the love of God who gave himself for the church. Husband and wife. Uh, husband, deny yourself, lift up, love your wife. Uh, li uh, wife. Uh, respect your husband, love your husband. Um, and then there's some roles there. Um, equal, but both, both have specific roles. And the biggest one is to love one another, sacrificial love for one another. And demonstrated through that illustration of our marriage is a reflection of God in our life. And the same thing in our families. You can look at the same kind of examples in our families. Um, how we relate to our children, how our children relate to us. And so this is as parents we are trying to instill these character qualities. You know, simple um, uh, courtesies, uh, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute, too. Um, so one of the things that made a difference in, uh, in our life is uh, these love languages. And I don't know uh, if you've I think many of you have seen these. These are uh, Dr., uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. Uh, in fact, you can take a test on uh, fivelovelanguages.com. Uh, that can, will tell you what is your love language. Is it words of affirmation? Is it quality time? Is it receiving and giving gifts? Is it acts of service? Or is it uh, physical touch and closeness? Each of these kind of become our primary love language. When we're kids, we kind of like, we, they're all of us. They're all of those. But as we start to mature, we start to kind of hone in on, on uh, one or maybe two of these that become our primary love language. If somebody is, be, is uh, wanting to love, to love me, they, they are able to demonstrate some of these um, uh, to me. My, my, uh, my wife, Kathy, she is an acts of service person. If you want to love her, uh, help her with the laundry. Go do the, do the dishes. Don't leave the house a mess. That is love in our house. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that may not be love for, for your spouse. You may, it may be totally different. Um, my, my daughters have different love languages. Um, um, Olivia, who's just now going back to school, uh, she likes quality time. She had a birthday a while ago. She wanted me to have a date with her, a breakfast date with her. That was demonstrating love, that quality time, spending time with her. Um, words of affirmation is another one. Uh, in fact, uh, Brit Brittany typically kind of falls in this one, I think is um, 
being able to say I love you, that encouraging, encouraging words. And um, that, that's typically the one I kind of fall in as well, is uh, the in- encouragement. Um, so these, these are just some, some tools that you can use. Uh, like I say, go online, find out what, what's yours, but more importantly, what your spouse is, what your um, kids are, and try to speak into those, to those love languages. That allows them to, to feel loved and demonstrate the love of God in you. Um, okay, I, me- I, was, I mentioned earlier about these common courtesies. Um, so we can demonstrate courtesies in our, in our home. We need to train our kids on some of these common courtesies. Uh, we can demonstrate them here in our church. And we give grace for those uh, parents that are, just, are trying, to, trying to teach those courtesies uh, because we want to encourage uh, young parents as well. So simple things like um, uh, be on time. <laughs> I, and, I, and, I, and I struggle with that. Uh, pick up after yourself. Love those that come behind you. Uh, don't, don't expect uh, you know, a janitor to come along and clean up after you. Uh, this, is, this is love for one another is because somebody's going to come behind you and we care about those that come behind us. Um, if something needs to be picked up, pick it up. And that's another thing you notice in other cultures is uh, somebody will throw something on the side of the road. We've seen this like in Central America. Somebody will throw something on the side of the road and then uh, from that point forward, uh, everybody thinks that's, that's the local trash dump because everybody starts throwing their stuff there uh, and, until it gets big enough and then the city comes and cleans it up. So that's, that's kind of the challenge is uh, consider those that come behind you. It's, it's the others oriented uh, you know, when there's big events, um, we can park in the back lot on Christmas and Easter, if you're able to. Not, not everyone's able to, and that's fine. Um, we, we show that little uh, thing at the very beginning, turn your cell phones off. If your cell goes off in the middle of the service, that's not caring for those around you. Um, so that's why we do that. Um, please and thank you if somebody has done something for you. It's, you know, these, are, these are just common courtesies. Opening the door for somebody else. That says, I value you. I, 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 I want you to go first. Uh, be generous. Uh, generous givers. Uh, give up your seat. Um, um, love your pastor. Encourage him. That's why we've given him a sabbatical. It actually says, uh, we constitutionally put this in our, our constitution that says, uh, every five years, a pastor should have a short sabbatical, a time of refreshment, a time of seeking after God. Uh, because that's good for our church. It's healthy for our church. Uh, and it gives an opportunity to hear, you to hear from other uh, church leaders from time to time. So that's all good, right? Um, all right. When we uh, care for our brothers, uh, we love Jesus. Um, you know, in, um, in, 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 John, um, in, uh, in John chapter 21, um, Jesus is talking to Peter um, and by the way, Peter has already uh, denied Jesus three times. And um, Jesus says, uh, Simon, son of Barjona, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord. Yes, I love you. And he said, tend my lambs. And he said a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, shepherd my sheep. And he said a third time, Simon, son of Barjona, do you love me? And Peter uh, was grieved. He goes, three times you've asked me the same thing. Do you love me? And he said, uh, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And he said, tend my lambs. So three times it took Peter to say, love others. Um, when our summer service men go out and uh, care for somebody else, they're loving somebody else. 
uh, they're loving others. They're demonstrating the love of God in them by loving others. When we care for our church, when we come and mow the lawn, when we pick weeds, when we uh, do that, we love those that come behind us. We love um, the, the church of God, the church, and for those that come to this property, we, we are loving them by doing those, me, what, what some would say, menial tasks. That's a demonstration of our love for God. Um, picking up a golden air and taking them to golden airs on Wednesday. Um, bookkeeping, nursery, pre-K. Uh, you know, when we love another young family who comes enough to care for their child so they can come and worship with us, that is not only love for them, but it's love for our church. It's love for our body. Demonstration of the love of God in you. Um, Sometimes love can be tough. Sometimes it's confronting your brother in love. Uh, confronting your, your brother who's uh, dealing with habitual sin. And it's walking alongside them through their repentance and forgiveness process and restoration process. We're called to forgive each other, but we're also called to confront each other in, in, in if somebody's living in sin. So I want you to just take, take a minute and, and put in your notes some things maybe that people have done, done for you that uh, made you feel loved? And um, how can I demonstrate that kind of love that, um, for, for somebody else? And try, trying to think maybe a little bit about those love languages. Um, you know, we get to celebrate a, a birthday here in, in a little bit. Uh, that's demonstrating love for somebody else. I, I, uh, when I have uh, achieved some um, recognition, professional engineering license, uh, Stuff from like uh, prize, uh, technical paper awards, uh, I felt loved because uh, um, uh, words of encouragement are part of my love language, right? So those are encouraging. Um, when I ran across the uh, Ironman triathlon finish line, they, they, the announcer goes, you are an Ironman, and the whole crowd cheers. I feel loved, uh, you know? <laughs> um, when uh, my daughter's car breaks down while I'm out of town and somebody offers to come and help out, I feel loved. Somebody is caring for my family while I'm away. Um, when I get asked to uh, teach a class on family and marriage, I feel loved. When I get an opportunity to come and speak before you today, I feel loved. Um, so think about that. What makes you feel loved? Jot, jot some th thoughts down. How can I love another in the same way uh, people have made me feel loved? All right, so I want to close with this point, with this, with this uh, concept here, is we can't do this on our own. And uh, let me just read this verse because I'm going to give you an illustration on this that uh, that is uh, uh, meaningful to a few of us here. So I pray that according to the wealth of His glory, that you, that He grant you and be strengthened with power through His Spirit uh, in the inner person, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that because you have been rooted and grounded in love and may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, what is the length, what is the height, what is the depth, and thus the love, and know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up with the fullness of God. Now to him who is the power that is working within us, able to do uh, far beyond all that we ask or think, to him be the glory in the church and Jesus Christ of all generations forever and ever. So if you go to the next picture, this, this is, I want to use this illustration, and uh, this is one, in fact, Dave, you probably know where this is. <laughs> uh, Bonneville Dam, we all drive by there in the gorge. Uh, this is a high, big hydroelectric dam. Um, a lot of power comes out of there. Um, 
Do you know the, the exact amount, Dave? I, can't, I don't know exactly. I can't remember. 1,000? 1,050. 1,050 megawatts. So that's a lot. That's a big plant. Uh, go to the next slide. I want to I show you like a diagram of the inner workings. Now, I'm a power system engineer. I love this stuff. Uh, so you get to, you get to hear so, uh, what, some of the stuff I love. Uh, so behind the dam, you see the, this big reservoir. Um, the reservoir is uh, a measure of the energy, the stored energy that actually can flow through there. Uh, this, uh, the height here uh, at the top of the water level down to, uh, actually it's this level, tells you how much power you can get out of this, uh, out of this dam. The 1,050 at uh, Bonneville Dam is, a, is a, a, an equation that's related to the height of this, uh, of this reservoir. And then here is the, uh, the turbine which transforms that energy into electric power uh, in the generator. Uh, this turns it into kinetic power and then into electrical power. And then we try, uh, convert it into, into a voltage that can be uh, distributed uh, to our homes and um, our offices, our buildings, all those, all those good things. So that's, this, is, this is our illustration of the transformation, transforming power of hydroelectricity, basically gravity, into electric power. So if you go to the next slide, I want to I relate this to what we just read. What we just read uh, talks about the... Um, is, is the other one coming up? It talks about the, uh, the love of God and measured by the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth. Um, Uh-oh, maybe we don't have it. There it is. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this love of God, you can, the illustration here is this reservoir. We have... Uh, a reservoir that surpasses knowledge. Uh, you know, it specifically talks in the verse, the breadth, the height, the length. Those are the same measures we measure energy, the stored energy in, in the reservoir. And it says the love of God surpasses the knowledge. It's deeper, it's wider, it's higher, it's uh, 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 taller than, um, than we can imagine. It surpasses our knowledge. And it says the power uh, from the Spirit, it's in us. The power comes, uh, is, is in us and it transforms this love of God in us and uh, through Christ who lives within us, uh, as a result of that, we have this outpouring love for others and we impact, we can distribute that love in the same way through, through, through others. It comes through us. God uses us to carry out and demonstrate his love for others in the same way, uh, you know, hydroelectricity is produced. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so all you uh, engineers and uh, uh, Power system controllers, all that good stuff. Uh, there's, your, there's your analogy, how we can use um, the, the love that God gave us to live within us, that outpouring of our love for Christ, we can love one another. And I've given you some examples, and uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, for bringing us uh, here again, Lord. I pray that you would uh, use these words, Lord, to make an impact on our world. Those that are around us, Lord, would see the outpouring of love that we have for you because of what you've done for us, Lord. We thank you for working in our lives. We thank you for your son that saved us. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to share the love that you have for us through our life, Lord, and through the outpouring of love that uh, you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.